0: You're being extra pussamanias today. Pussalanias.
1: What's the over-under on you having to urine in the middle of the episode?
0: Pussalanias. Is that pronounced right? Let's let's check.
1: I don't think so. I, I, I do not think so
0: crystal Alanimus
1: <laughs> There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, the diligent vigil of meticulous, sagacious concierge to analytical, methodical individual D, Chiseled Adonis. But of course, you already knew that. To my left. Is a serial entrepreneur. A Filipino prince tycoon. 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 Tycoon.
0: Tycoon.
1: tycoon. tycoon. <laughs> Renee Lacar. And this is we, we are, are assiduous. assiduous. Which yeah. camera
0: are we looking into when we say that? Um,
1: good look. I've been looking at my solo.
0: Right, okay. I'm just gonna like I think, I think, David, when we do that intro, we just gotta hit that, not even for the entire thing, just the last one. Assiduous. tycoon, Tycoon, yeah, tycoon, 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 tycoon. And then we do that last assiduous towards this middle one.
1: Yeah, yeah, That's we'll good. figure it out. We, okay. We're working our way towards, working our yes. way towards. Yeah, but I hate astrology for many different reasons. Well, I, 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 none of your reasons. Not only do I think it's the ultimate copper, I just, I, I just don't think it makes sense to say that my parents were engaging in coital affairs in February, thus resulting in my birth in November, me being a Sagittarius, all of a sudden now, this cultivates my personality. Granted, I do believe it's somewhat in the same realm of religion to where you have to have faith and belief in something in order for it to become somewhat real because the same thing can be applied across the board. But when people say I'm like this because I was born at this time and the lunar cycle was in this particular way. Like it, it starts to get to a point where I, I I I've had enough of it. Like if when when I was still out there, like speaking, dating, doing all this extra stuff, hearing people say, Oh, well, I can't do this because I'm a Gemini. Oh, I can't do this because I'm a Virgo. I can't do that because I
0: have cancer. Or oh, I am a cancer. It's getting ridiculous. <laughs> like can't, can't, can't have conversations, <laughs> Like that. Um Okay, so let me let me I'm going to put you... I agree with you 100%. I think when people use it as to justify their behavior, it's bullshit. Right. Come on now, bro. You're not fucking broke because you're a Sagittarius. That's not why you're broke. You're broke because you're fucking lazy. But I do think that planetary alignment and the time you were born does have an impact on your life to some degree. Here's an example.
1: Now, Did when you, you say know? time, when you say time, to cut you off, when you say time, are you talking about the... Like the era in which you were, like, for example, no, being... time throughout the year. Oh, interesting. Oh so okay. month. And so here's, a you here's a good okay. example.
0: I'm going to use science right now. Mm-hmm. Science. Okay. Did you know that a majority of NHL players are Capricorns? Being a Capricorn increases their chances of becoming an NHL player.
2: Well, judging by the statistic,
0: one would say... Yes, Yes. but I think that's more of a coincidence. No, but there's a scientific reason for this. There's a book by, what's his name? Uh, He wrote Outliers. Malcolm Gladwell, one of the greatest thinkers of our time, he wrote a book called Outliers, and he talks about how hockey players are born in January. Right. Professional hockey players are more likely to be born in January, which will make them a Capricorn. Reason being is because the way the hockey system works, the cutoff for divisions is in February. So if you're born in January, the kids born in January have a year where they're they're a year older than all the kids below them. And let's say you're 15, 16 years old, that year matters a lot because kids are going through puberty. So now you're 15, 16 years old playing against kids that are a lot younger than you just because simply off the fact you were born in January, which now, because scouts are looking at these players since they're kids, increases your chances of becoming an NHL player, professional hockey player, just because you were born in January. So if I see a Capricorn, I'm like, yo, you should have played for the NHL. You, you blew your opportunity. You had the option of being a professional hockey player and you didn't do it. I was born in September. I missed my opportunity. I can be a professional NHL player, but you as a Capricorn, you as a Capricorn can. So if an NHL, NHL sorry, so much syllables. If an NHL player came to you, and there's an NHL player, and he was like, yo, I'm an NHL player. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, this is introduction. And he goes, yeah, and the only reason I made the NHL because I was a Capricorn, you could be, like, valid. You can blame, you can directly correlate being an NHL player to being a Capricorn. This is science. Consulsive. So, so do you leave
1: any room open for the fact that, I don't know, he piss-poor skater?
0: hand-eye coordination's not really up No No, 100%, I'm just saying, being a Capricorn increases your chances by like 700% to go to the NHL. So if that's the case, why is it specifically the NHL as if other sports do not exist on the same sky? Just because of the outside influences, and maybe you don't even necessarily have to be a Capricorn, you just have to be born in January. Oh, maybe born in Canada, there's a lot of Canadians. No, no, born in January, because if you look at all the factors, the one factor that makes someone more likely to go to the NHL is being born in January. That's wild. And because months are correlated with astrology, and you could theoretically say being a Capricorn helps or increase your chances. If the Being a Capricorn has the greatest chances of you going to the NHL.
1: So now that makes me wonder. Let's just say you have a family lineage of players that had been in the NHL Mm -hmm. right let's just I know I don't know if Gretzky had children that played in the NHL but there's one family that they had maybe I think seven brothers and like five of them had went to the NHL let's just say you tried to plan out pregnancy it ended up working out in your favor your child was born in January you had them training To get prepared to get ready for the NHL. They were ice hockey their entire childhood into their adolescence. And they didn't make it. Do you consider that a failed pregnancy or failed (laughs) outcome of your child, your offspring?
0: You failed as a parent. They didn't make it. I don't think you failed as a parent, but listen, the cards just weren't in your favor. I think ultimately it's all. Just the game of odds. If you're going to play a casino game, you want to play the one where you're most likely going to win. Roulette? Yeah, you're going to play the one where you're most likely going to win. You're not going to pick the one that you're going to lose most often. So naturally, I think that is almost the same thing where you can increase your chances of having a professional. Great example, I want an NBA son. My family's short. I'm not going to date a short Asian girl. No, my girlfriend, she has those black jeans and her dad's like 6'3", 6'4". Listen, my son's D1 bound. That's my, I'm increasing my chances of my son going to the NBA by doing that. Right.
1: So your intention of saying, all right, well, you you, you found a girl who had good genetics, good genes. Let's just say you now have a son. Son
0: comes out. Six, four. Five, four. Oh, not five, son. four. DNA not, test. Ah, good, DNA good test. response. Instantly. Mm. Five, four. I'm not even five, four. Like, think about that. If my son is shorter than me, there, there has to be an issue there.
1: You know, I know a guy. I went to college with him. Weirdest thing in the world. Both his his mother played college basketball. She was 6'3". Uh-huh. His dad was a tight end in college. He was 6'6". Six, six. He was 5'4". DNA test. And, yo, DNA oh, test. Now i forget, we were sitting in Ma. math class. I was like, how, how did you come? His brother's 5'9". His oldest brother is 6'2". And then his sister is five eleven. So, he's
0: five four. So the, the first two, definitely dad's kids. The last two, five nine, five four. I don't know, man. Unless the mom wasn't eating during her pregnancy, unless she was like starving and the baby would just mount mal- And he's the middle child. <laughs> all their fa-
1: he showed me that family photo. Everybody's up here for the most part. And he's just down at
0: five four Did- I didn't a test. It makes you wonder. I told my girl, if my son comes out like five four and it's not that I don't trust her, right? It's not a Because I love my girl. I don't think she would ever do anything. Mm. But at the same time, I have to look at the evidence. If he comes out, super, I'm brown. If he comes out super light-skinned, 5'4", something's got to give. That's not mine.
1: Ah, so then what, what if, if it's indeed yours, right? You do the DNA test, everything's the same. What alters in the pregnancy process? Are you now having her sleep differently? Is she now laying yeah, from the right-hand side? now sleeping on well,
0: the left hand side the best part about having money is now you can like hire i'm gonna hire like a doctor i'm have him like like look into her stomach every week mm. to make sure that the baby's growing and like we're going to like predict the outcome like how can we make him bigger in there can we give him like some testosterone so he comes out a man like you're, six back you're gonna give, wait you're gonna give <laughs> a <of> fetus testosterone <laughs> while they're still inside well maybe not testosterone, but like the should they give horses HGH? I don't know what it is. Like, HGH? <laughs> kind of,
1: you're going to have a horse as a child. So at that point, you're just horse breeding your child at this point.
0: Yeah. Listen, we want the next LeBron James. We don't want like a – okay. You know, So you're going to have a big I, brown, I big think, brown. I take it back. If I have a kid, regardless of how the kid turns out, I'm going to love him no matter what. Mm. But let's say I had one that was an NBA. Like NBA oh, sports. there's a caveat. Okay. Yeah. Like, right. Let's say one's 6'4", and one's like 5'4". I'm going to go to 5'4", and I'm going to say, hey – do everything you can to become a doctor.
1: Okay? Damn. Don't like. This... So just Muggsy Bogues. Yeah, no. Web, no. No, no, Nate no, no Robinson, listen. All of the, the little guys who since made it to the NBA, no, you are no. not inspirational whatsoever. No, because
0: the thing is, I want my kids, especially in today's NBA, come on, man. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, these dudes are not making it to today's NBA. I'm telling him, listen, you want to stick with where your odds are the best. You better become a great entrepreneur or something. You know, that's where your odds are the highest. My six, four kid, listen, you better hit the gym. You better be in the gym twice a day, working out, but, getting tough, getting now, strong.
1: Now, let's just say, hey, they go to college. They try. They they, they give it their best shot. The old college tried. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out in their favor. They got cut. Okay. Now they're just sitting at home. What happens? They say, hey, Dad, I'm going to go drop out. Basketball didn't work out. I think I'm going to try to go do this overseas thing. I have to go overseas. You're still cut. Let's just say you hit, like, 29. You've played a total of... 86 professional games, Mm -hmm. whether it be overseas, G League, whatever the case may be. Do you look at your kid that you initially went into the entire process of vetting the woman, getting her pregnant, then raising the child, stretching out the spine for age zero through seven? All of these other things. Do you now look at them at age 29, six foot four, failed professional player as, ah, you were a failure.
0: Nah, I don't think a child could ever fail you unless... They, if they were, if I knew how hard he was working and I see him working extra hard, I don't think he would ever be a failure to my mm. I'd be like, listen, in life, stuff doesn't always go the way you want it to go. If it were up to me, your dad would have been 6'5. I would have been dunking on LeBron, but I'm not. And I chose entrepreneurship and it worked out for me. So I would say, all that discipline you use towards sports, apply it in a different direction in your life and I think you'll be fine.
1: Ah, uh, that's good. Now, if
0: he was a, I think the only time that I would say, hey, my son is a failure. Is he bum? If he's a bum, yeah. Bum, oh. bum. Like a lazy, Fucking dude. And I think the beautiful part about sons is, like, you can, like, kick them out. Like, daughters are scared. Daughters are scary because, like, no. Like, daughter, like, she's living on me for the rest of her life. My daughter wants to be a bum. Uh-huh. If I'm around, like, my daughter is living plush. She's going to have, like, a Versace robe on, waking up to uh, someone serving her wherever she wants. First class flights. My son? <laughs> Fuck him. He Wait a He's lazy 18 years old? Yo, listen. The, the corner's calling your name. You got to find something out. Go sell some drugs. sell some drugs. Wait a minute.
1: Oh, hold on. Oh, What's going on over here now? He's really going to end up being, becoming a bum. <laughs> or maybe selling but the The bombs could become his customers. That's best entrepreneurship right there. You find the bombs. Oh, man, you
0: look like you're going through terrible times the in way, life. Let right. me add to that. Give me some drugs. The way I see it, though, I think you pass down a certain amount of genetics to your kids. Mm. So, no matter what, if I give my kids my genes, they're going to have some of this in them. They have half of what I have, they're gonna be fucking good. Bare minimum, they have like a college education. Well, you would think like so. like an engineer. Because
1: what's so interesting is, and I think that's the the fascinating stuff, because I don't know the science behind or the- Neither do you know, I, I'm, I'm not, think, few, right? I don't know <laughs> any of that behind, but I've seen some brilliant, brilliant people yeah. have offsprings that are the polar opposite of what they have going do on. Do you think it's just a lack of attention? Perhaps. Because if you are a highly successful individual, seldom will you find yourself in a scenario where you be around like that. Sometimes you'll mess around, you'll you know, you have nanny, something like that, where they look after said child. Yeah. But oftentimes you're really not gonna have the time to cultivate said relationship with the child or maybe try to put into their mind. Well, maybe not this way, but put into their mind, you know, the
0: structure necessary to yeah. go and succeed. But one thing that's interesting. LeBron James's kid. He just got he went to USC right yeah, now. Yeah, USC. I think it's gonna be really, really interesting to see how he does in the NBA, if he makes it to the NBA. Because if he does, that I think that would be like, yo, LeBron did a great job. Cause he was busy being the greatest player on the planet while having a kid, and then the kid ends up being NBA player also. You very rarely see that, like a kid becoming an NBA player as well, especially when the kid when the kid's dad is as great as LeBron. There's a big fucking shadow. And I think part of that is just because he has some LeBron gene in him. But I could be wrong. Like, when I look at it, he, he could be a complete idiot. And that's mm. unfortunate. It's sad. Um, I don't know, man.
1: I think LeBron's second son will probably be his best um, of, of the two. Because even with um, the Ball Brothers, yeah. where, like, granted, Lavar never made it, you know, to the league. I think he played in, a, like, an offseason in the NFL. But um, LaMelo, I think, is the best of all of them. Um, Lonzo is right there, but then, of course, the injury sort of situation is what's holding him back. But I think oftentimes, especially with – if you have somebody who is so excellent in what it is that they do, and then you now have a child who has to live in that shadow, you can't expect them to exceed your production or how good you were at whatever craft it was because I think that's an unfair – I agree. You know, uh, um, that's an unfair – marker for them to shoot for i agree but there is a sort of bare minimum i guess like if you say all right you got to at least be able to make it to college basketball level like for example michael jordan's sons they never made it past the college basketball barometer. Yeah. but when you consider what your expectation for them was lebron came into the league expect the, the expectation was you got to be a hall of famer
0: i think the difference with that though is michael jordan was never really a physical specimen even in college like he wasn't like super touted. He wasn't a number one draft pick type right. player. Uh, so his kids, obviously they got some of his genes, but that can only carry you so far. Michael, what made him special, he had this fucking killer mindset. Mm-hmm. He was an absolute cerebral assassin. Mm-hmm. With LeBron, I think the difference is he's passing down something that only God could give you. He's not passing down mindset. I mean, he might be, but that's not, like, I'd rather take LeBron's body over his mindset. Pause. Mm-hmm. But like, I would rather have that. So he's giving his kids like, Hey, here's a 50 foot 50 inch vertical. Like, that's something that you can pass down that they're gonna have forever.
1: You know? That is true. That is true. So, so that makes me I, wonder when when he was selecting, cause obviously he get his high school sweetheart, him in Savannah, yeah. And everything despite the fact that they have this Twitter photo that's been generating of him at a prom, he's at a prom with a white girl, something <laughs> like that. So every single um, every single black history month or Juneteenth. This photo starts circulating. I'm like, this man's been married for, for a decade. He's been dating the same woman for 20 years. Why do you keep bringing up this one problem? And do people go to prom with anybody? Why do you have to bring this up for what? But whatever the case was, I always wondered with him, Like, did he deliberately look at Savannah and say, hey, you got some good genes. We'll get together. We're going to make some beasts of children. We <laughs> can go out there and Because truly, funny enough, their daughter is, I think, maybe seven or something. She's going to be killing it on whatever social media is dominant at that point. She's going to kill it because she, she already, I think, is over a million or something that's like crazy. that with all things zero.
0: But to be fair, LeBron is also – so when I look at, like, greatness out of everyone, mm. when I look at everyone that's great, I look at Jay-Z, I look at Drake, I look at LeBron, I look at Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg even. I look at Jeff Bezos. I look at all these people that are great, that have done things. And LeBron is the only one where I'm like, that's the guy for me. Mm -hmm. I look at everyone else. Elon, not envious. Seems stressful to be a fucking billionaire trying to put people on space. Like, too much. Too much. Drake, it's like baby mama drama. You're a rapper. You got too many girls around. (laughs) Not my my ideal life either. Jay-Z is cool, but like, you're not a physical specimen. If Jay Z was broke, women would have won him. Yeah, you know, LeBron is the one where it's like you got you got a perfect family, bunch of kids, billionaire, athletes, entrepreneur. Uh, your wife, his wife, does makes him look so good too, because like you have. Meanwhile, you have Steph Curry's wife who's like yeah doing God. shit all over social media, yeah, talking playing like, with a wedding ring. Yeah, she's like this with guys around. Nope. And then you have LeBron's wife who says stuff like, "I was never really into." all the TV shows and all the drama. I just wanted to stay home and be a good mother to the mm-hmm. kids while LeBron did this thing. I'm like, yo, that man has goals. Like, mm-hmm. when I look at that billionaire athlete, you have fucking videos of Rihanna and Beyonce thirsting over him at mm-hmm. the games. It's like, people say you can't have it all. I feel like that's, like, LeBron has it all, you know? So when I look at that, I the like one one where I could legitimately look at his life and be like, I want that type of life. So... I think that only comes around once in a lifetime. It's hard to use that as an example. But when he passed it down, I think when he looked at his wife, he didn't really think about it. He's like, listen, half of my genes will make it to the NBA. You take someone with half my genetics, they'll still go to the league because I'm that beast.
1: Yeah, He he is a a monster. And what's crazy about him was the fact that this guy in high school was the best player in the country probably for like three consecutive years.
0: From like 15,
1: they call you the chosen one.
0: And you know what's crazy? He was also the number one prospect in Ohio for yeah, football. Yeah, football, yeah. So the fact that you could be the number one prospect in football and number one prospect for basketball is like ridiculous. Like, they have these running
1: jokes where they talk about, like, imagine you're just getting done with algebra. You got to worry about taking regents and statewide exams, but you got to deal with LeBron. got to guard LeBron at three. At three. <laughs> like, I'd be losing my mind because you're trying to focus, especially if you're – because there's a lot of people who go to school, right? You go to school – you, you you're just there to pass time, so you know you're gonna go to college and go play college ball to try to make it to the league. But if you're somebody who's actually you care about your academics, so now you're like, all right, I'm 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 in this. Like you're getting ready for the science fair. You're doing all this other stuff. You're doing all this extra computing with different sort of ingredients, trying to make a volcano explode. Yeah. But not like they do in the fourth grade. You try to have it to where maybe the school could explode, whatever the case may be. So you're in a situation where you might be on you know a list or something like that. But whatever the case. is. You're doing all of this science stuff. You got to deal with LeBron. You got to deal with Tom Brady. You got to deal with all these different sort of athletes. At one point, you're losing your mind. There's no way that you can. I'd
0: love to ask a high school athlete, what is it like? Well, I think it's different when it's like LeBron is different. Because if he's jumping out the gym at 17 years old, you're fucked. Hmm. Like, same thing with Zion. It's different. Oh, dude, dude. Zion But I think certain athletes, good example. My little brother, he played against LaMelo Ball in high school, AAU. He dropped like 20 points on him. My little brother's not that good. Like, I'll beat my little brother's ass basketball. But he played against LaMelo Ball, dropped 20 points on him, because at the end of the day, LaMelo is not a, a genetic specimen. Mm-hmm. He's a, just a really good basketball player, uh, really knows what he's doing. Obviously, now he's way taller and he had yeah. a growth spurt. But as a kid, like, you can deal with that, you know? These guys like LeBron or Zion Williamson, I'm thinking, like, imagine you're a kid and you're playing against a grown-ass man. yeah, Jumping out, jumping out the gym.
1: <laughs> Zion, Zion's an interesting.
0: He and got caught up with all these porn stars. Recently, yeah, huh?
1: yeah. He's got a. Uh, he's having a child by some some lady. Then some, some 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 lady, some baby mama lady. Then sleeping with porn stars, and then OnlyFans models were coming out saying, "I slept with Zion too." For the one thing I can I can give him was I guess if the you got porn stars caught up on you, and this is what they do for a living. But they're so caught up on their experience with you. I don't know what that brother was doing, but I'm pretty sure they got some. Some of the players' wives are looking like, "What was he doing?" They I, might be interested in what he. The got way
0: going I see on. it, so what happens when you're you're young, you make a bunch of money, you lose track. That's what, again what makes LeBron so special. Is like, bro, they they gave him out of high school, they gave him a bag. He got chosen one. He's on ESPN, a Sports Center. S- same wife, everything. Zion, he's like three years of like. Pressure and he's already fucking with porn stars. He's out here. I don't even know what he's doing. Eating a bunch of jambalaya in New Orleans. Like he's doing some put shit, on man. weight, putting on weight. Yeah, it's it's a mess. It's what fame and money can do to you.
1: Right, right. And you know, so funny about it was, I'm looking at Zion. I'm like, but what, what? How is it that you've you've missed more games than you've played in four years? Yeah. But somehow you still got the energy to go find porn stars to sleep like that's a that find that interesting because i'm not gonna say if you're a professional in some your entire essence needs to be there but there must come a point where you start to look yourself in the mirror like you know i got all this money due to my athletic ability and your best ability is your availability and you're not available for your team but you're available elsewhere for all this other stuff
0: i think the issue is too it's uh we could talk about it when guys have no hoes growing up they like Zion didn't get no play in high school. They get no play in college. So now that he's in the league He's getting it all out of the system right now He's a brand name girls all of a sudden want to sleep with him He he allows it to corrupt him because guys the easiest guys to corrupt are the guys that have never had any any Experiences right. the ones that are dorks are the easiest ones to corrupt because they haven't had any experiences with anything um, So and I tell that to all the girls like my uh, every girl says oh, I want I want a guy with no holes. Here's the fact of the matter. If a guy doesn't experience life before you, he's going to be the easiest one to corrupt. The second a woman throws himself at him, now he's like, ooh, I can I can cheat and stuff. But a man who's been through it all, who's seen it all, he's going to be less easy to corrupt because he's seen it. You know? So I think Zion, the issue was he, he didn't experience none of that before. Now he's like, ooh, porn star. It's like, just like the movies now. His real life has become... The porn movies he used to watch in college, he's shelling out because I saw something. He was paying like hundred k yeah. a month. Hundred k a month. Hundred k oh, a month. Come on now. And he could have
1: easily, with his status, could have had that for free or substantially less. Because you got to consider hundred thousand dollars a month to a porn star at that. It's over a million a year. Like yeah. this, you you couldn't sleep with anybody else. You didn't yeah. have any additional options because when every guy who's ever watched adult films at any point in their existence, has all thought in their mind, I wonder what the experience is like. The younger you are, you look at it like man, if we were in a relationship, I can get this every day. Then as you get older, you look at it like, I don't know about a relationship. But I think I would engage in a bit of fornication, some coital affair. Then as you get older, you start to get a bit more repulsed. For Zion, as you stated, he probably was the kind of guy who ain't never getting no play. So with that being the case, he was on some man. You know what? I think I'm going to be in a relationship with this girl. Because she was tweeting as if they were an item the entire time. So then at that point, you look at Zion like, man, because what makes it so frustrating is there's nothing wrong with you can date who you want to date. But when you're a guy at that particular stature, we're talking a $300 million guy, and you have options, endless
0: options, that's who you selected? So my question is now, do, do you think that he has that many options? Because the way I see it, I always tell people.
1: Not options for who he is, more like options for, you know, what he can provide for them.
0: Fair, fair. Because the way I see it, right, I know a lot of NBA players just being around these girls before I was in a relationship. I know a lot of NBA players that were getting curved. I have like just funny like screenshots of NBA players DMing these girls and the girls will ignore them. I I talk about this a lot. I think one of the best places you could be in is like not being famous, but not as an athlete or a rapper. Because athletes and rappers have the stigma attached to them of, oh, he just wants to fuck. He doesn't want to date me. Mm-hmm. So I think it scares away a certain amount of women, especially imagine – Zion Williamson DMing a girl, waiting her responses. It's yeah. Because he wants. He's only gonna. He's only gonna get the ones that are like, "Fuck it." He's gonna give me money. Cool. Yep. So I think that was part of the appeal with the porn star. He gives them whatever. He gives them money, and they just do whatever he wants. I don't know. It, it's sticky. It's interesting. It's a shame to to see him throw it away like that, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it, it it's, it's a situation where you look at all of those resources, especially because. You're in a league where there's a great deal of guys who go and struggle with the same thing or had had those problems in the past. And I think that's where proper guidance comes in. I feel like nowadays across the board, there aren't elders per se who are giving. Well, I shouldn't say there aren't elders. I don't think. The message is getting across. Yeah. Because a lot of times people will pass down wisdom and say, hey, do this, do this, do this. But for whatever reason, it's not computing in the yeah. youth's mind. And then all of a sudden, they make the same mistake. And then five years down the line, they look at it like, ah, you know what? You were right. Despite the fact that you took years upon years upon years trying to instill in them. Hey, don't make this mistake. I made this mistake. Look in my life. You don't want to live my life. You'd rather live this particular kind of life. Do what they did to get there. Now I want to make my mistakes. And then now you find yourself in the same position making the exact same mistake. Yeah.
0: I mean, ultimately the best teacher is experience, right? Right. And I can say that from experience because I always thought to myself, if I make a certain amount of money, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna settle down. I'm gonna do this. I'm not gonna want any more. And then sure enough, you make that certain amount of money, you're like, I need to make more. Right. I need more. If I want to do the the things that I've envisioned in my head. I gotta make more so i I see a lot of people that tell me hey you don't need to be spending like that i'm like make this amount of money first and tell me the same thing because it's very different to look from the outside in versus to experience it for yourself
1: yeah makes sense makes sense and it makes me wonder now especially with zion Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are dealing with this even across the board, whether you're at that high net worth individual or you're at the complete bottom. When it comes to dating, because we talked about it, you know, sparringly before, but then now I'm looking at people in relationships because this is big popular on social media. Like everybody's got like a dating podcast, dating yep. opinion, whatever the case may be. Some people are hitting the mark. Some people are way off of the
0: mark. I mean, our shit is a business, business, sports, life podcast. Right. We still talk relationships. Exactly. It's a regular, I think the reason it's so popular, it's, it's a regular part of life. Everyone deals with this,
1: And truly, I think it's the most important part of life because at the end of the day, happiness, all this other stuff, it's all tied with relationships. Whether you're dating somebody or it's a friendship or a companion, a a co-worker, whatever the case is, everything is all relationship. But then now, for whatever reason, we live in this very petty, toxic sort of culture now where people don't know how to get along. Mm -hmm. People don't know how to coincide with each other. And it just seems like it's become... A very weird sort of dynamic where both parties are doing their best to not give a hundred percent and pour into each other so that they don't get hurt. But the caveat to that is, you never have not doing it. You'll never actually have a fulfilled good relationship because you're half assing it. Yeah. So I've always found that very interesting. Because now with people trying to go find a companion, they're sitting there like, oh man. This person doesn't align with my values. But have you disclosed what those are? And are you actually well, holding other
0: yeah, people I think, to it? I think the issues with the relationship is it always feels like a power struggle. Mm. And then no one ever wants to relinquish the power. So a good example, when you look at the structure of relationships throughout time, throughout history, whenever I look at anything, I look at the historical analysis, just because it'll give you an idea of how we got here to where we're at. And when you look at it, before marriages used to be with the church, a man would marry a woman and that would be it. But then eventually you start to realize when you do it through the church, then the man can control the woman financially. Uh, let's say 10 years down the line, he's like, you know what? Fuck you. Get out of my house. The woman is now stuck with n- no way to live, no way to survive. So naturally the government got involved, say, hey, we can't just be doing this. So now if you get divorced, the woman gets half. Right. And then men now felt like they, they lost the power. Because let's say the woman were to cheat. hmm Now... He gets cheated on and he loses half and of his shit zap, yep. and because of that they start initiating prenubs. hey this is mine this is yours if we get divorced and because of that it's almost like a response back and forth because of that women were like well hey let's go 50 50 if we go 50 50 everyone's good now women are starting to work and then we talked about it in a podcast prior the more money a woman makes the less eligible mates there are right it ruins the marriages because now it's like They all want to marry these guys that are, if a woman's making a hundred grand, she doesn't want to
1: marry a dude that's making 50 grand a year. Nope, she wants to be at that hundred or more.
0: Yeah, and women will always want men making more than them. That's why Rihanna dated a billionaire. Beyonce dating Jay-Z, right? Mariah Carey, she's worth like $300 million. She dated a billionaire. Mm -hmm. They always want that guy. They're always going to be attracted to a guy that's making more than them. It's like a genetic thing. So now that women are making more, Men, like there's less available options for them to marry. Less people are getting married, less marriages are working out. And then men are getting emasculated now. Cause it's like, well, all these girls are making money. And it's obviously hard to make money. So now if you're a guy making 50 grand a year, no women want you anymore. You're going to sit. you're going to jerk off to porn. It's a mess, bro. It's it's wild. And it all spanned from like, the, everyone makes like, here's a check. Here's a chess move. Here's our chess move. Here's our response. Here's our response. And then the responses keep coming and then it just like snowballs into this big fucking clusterfuck where 54% of people are getting divorced.
1: Yeah, yeah it's crazy. Because, and the vows don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Because before relationships, or I should say in marriage, it was all about responsibility and duty. That's what the entire thing was. You get married for a cause. Moreover, you don't just get married just to get married. You yeah. get married with a purpose. Mm-hmm. You wanna build a family, you want to try to build a community. You want to be able to give back to, to a community. Whatever the case may be, you, you have to have a purpose behind getting married. Now everything's all tied up in just, you know, blind emotion. Oh, this person makes me feel great. I, I make this person does this for me or whatever the yeah. case is. Let's go ahead and get married. And you don't have any clue of each other's values. You haven't really discussed what real world situations may be whatever the case is. And now you're just jumping into something. And the moment that things get tough. The moment that issues transpire, you're immediately ready to get out. Because relationship, and Chris Rock said it perfectly, where he had said, relationships are easy. They only become difficult when one person's working on it. And now we're in a situation where, like you stated, everybody is just trying to, well, who can fuck the other person first? Who can get fucked over first? Well, if you make this move, then I have this counter move. and And it's weird to me because... They're not really communicating.
0: What makes, my question now is like, where does it even go from here? Because now women are independent, mm-hmm. right? And, but now you can't find any men. So it's like, where does it go from here? Do people just, and this is why populations are declining. Elon Musk tweets about it all the time. He always says like, one of the biggest uh, threats to humanity is population is declining. Mm-hmm. If you look at populations all over the world, no one's having babies anymore. Because if you have a baby with someone, you have to commit to them, mm-hmm. right? And babies usually come with marriage and because no one wants to get married because of this chess game populations are going down no one's having kids so it's really interesting to think about because where like where does it go from there? does society just die because no one wants to get married well at least societies they, that are getting married are the ones that come up like is that like a cyclical nature of life because they're
1: having i i i can't say they're not necessarily i don't think it's not that they're not having kids i think there's just not families yeah, And because there's a broken dynamic, you're now sending the following generation into just a completely broken system. Because if you're accustomed to going out to the world, you come back home, you have a neutral family that's there. You have your father, your mother, siblings, whatever the case is, having the dinner at the table, you guys come together and now you can really build. Because when you really look at communities that are thriving, primarily families you look yeah. at a millionaire like 86 percent of millionaires are, are, are married mm-hmm. so with all this other case it's you have to have like that structure that's there and it all comes from for one having to make sure that your values are aligned you can't just go into stuff thinking you can find everybody who can check off every box I think that's mm-hmm. foolish can't be in a situation where you say all right this person needs to have this 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 of course compromise exists and compromise unfortunately is you know somebody sacrificing for the other but you have to take into account what is the ultimate end goal, right? If you have to take a step back in this one particular category in order to be with this individual, is the end game substantially better than what it would have been if you went with an alternative?
0: I 100% agree. Well, and the thing is too, I think the issue also, social media, we've talked about it before, social media gives you the illusion of having all these options. Mm -hmm. And then the grass is always greener on the other side, that's what social media makes you feel. 'Cause I can I like girls could be, oh, look at what look at what her man does for her, right? Mm-hmm. And then they don't look at anything else. They don't look at the good part of that. Right. So it it just gives people the illusion of
1: there's so much better out there. When in reality there's not much better out there. And what's so funny about it, and that's one thing that I despise on social media, like this simp you have uh, like the, the, the now this female simps or something of that nature so just the entirety of a simp you need to tell me if you're in it and if it's you're not in a relationship with the person then i understand mm-hmm. where you're like whoa you're wild and you're provided you're doing too much or whatever the case may be that i yeah. understand but if you're in a committed relationship with somebody you're actually dating you can't sit over here and try to chastise somebody for being a good boyfriend you can't chastise yeah. a woman for being a good girlfriend you should want to care for your partner well even
0: being a like, good man sense. i got roasted on the internet because i said whenever like Prior to my relationship, I would just always pay for, like, if a girl was here, I would pay for everything. I would pay for the food. Mm. I would not let them touch their wallet. I think etiquette. As a man, you should pay for everything. You're not a simp for paying for everything. You're a simp if the girl doesn't fucking like you and you think you can buy her with money. That's what makes you a simp. But let's say the girl likes you. She's interested in you. Right? obviously, you'll be able to tell if she's interested in you. It's it's obvious. If you can make her cry, she's interested in you. Mm. Right? Um, Not that I'm saying you should try to make girls cry. But you get the point.
1: Right, right, because it's emotion. And me he, yeah.
0: paying for everything doesn't make me a simp. It just makes—I feel like that's a man's place to pay for everything. But I think guys, I said, I said something. I said, as a man, you should pay for all the girl stuff. Mm-hmm. That should—that's just how it should be, right? And if you can't, there's nothing wrong with that. But your goal should be to get to the point where you can. Guys, well, you're a fucking simp. Blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, they're following all these girls that I know that are I'm actually friends with, and these fucking guys. Women have no clue, who, no clue who they are. So the way they're thinking is all skewed. Because like, why am I the one actually hanging out with these girls? You're you're following them on Instagram, liking all their pictures. They don't even know who you are. You know. So I think as a man, it's okay to pay for things. It's okay to be a gentleman. I think what makes you a simp is if you're you're doing it in hopes of the girl liking you. Thinking you can buy a woman's love is what makes you a simp.
1: I agree. I agree. Because I always state like there has to be a level of earning on the woman's part. Right. Because I've talked about it before where I said I I understand hypergamy. I get why women would want to date up and truly they should. You crave that security. You're not going to get that security with an individual who's not on that particular level. I do believe there's a delusion that exists there. Regarding you saying you want this particular kind of individual, but you're not willing to contribute anything. It doesn't have to be financial, it, yeah. can, it can be emotionally, it could be spiritually, it could be physically, whatever the yeah. case is, but you have to be willing to contribute something. I think where the, the problem falls into with the natural order of the guy covering everything, it comes back to am I being used? Because right. you can have a girl who you're courting or whatever, like, yeah, she's feeling me or whatever. It starts to get to a point where you're like, all right, I'm covering all of these dates. I'm covering all of these excursions. I'm giving you a place to stay. We're doing all this other stuff. I'm covering everything. Although you may not be fi- you know, financially contributing, but at one point you start looking like, wait a minute, what are you And I think it to enhance my life?
0: It also goes back to the threshold of, of spending. Because I think at a certain point you stop looking. Once you start making a certain amount of money, you stop looking at expenses mm. a certain way. Good example. Let's let's take Drake. Mm. You think Drake cares if a girl's using him for money? Let's say she's like, oh, can you buy me this? Nah, let's, say, let's say it costs him like 10, 11 grand in a month, mm-hmm. right? Paying for a girl shit. You think he cares? That 10, 11 grand is like what he would spend on a fucking t-shirt right. in one day. He doesn't care about that. It's like nothing to him. So the threshold is like, they're like oh, she's using him for money, but it's like 10 grand. Who cares? Fucking... I could, I could literally, he could tweet something and make ten times that. Mm. So why would he care about that? So I think the threshold also depends. Like if you're, a, if you're getting sucked dry, there's a difference. I think you're a simp if you're spending more than you, you're able to afford on a woman. Right. Let's say there's a woman and she wants all of this, ex, all of this extravagant stuff. I want this. I want this. And you're spending all of your fucking money on her. You're a simp. Go, for, go spend your money correctly. But if I have, I don't know, hundred thousand dollars a month disposable income, I spent five grand on a girl. I don't think that makes you a simp I think it's just like it doesn't matter to you you know
1: I think that's the best way to put it yeah I think that's the best way to put it because it comes down to what are the resources and the financials that you have because yeah. a lot of times the conversation regarding like a lot of girls want to go on trips they want to go to different places and there's nothing wrong with spoiling your girl right yeah. even if it's a woman who you're courting you want to go different places. because I'll say on the first date one of my old hacks that I used to do all the time old hats. I'd go all my old hacks Big I'd go out hacks. on dates all the time right I'd sit over there, I'd tell the waiter separate checks. does not mean that I'm not going to pay. Because remember, even if you have two different checks, you could pay on one card. I would try to set, I'd play different games just to see where the mind is at or whatever. But I would always pay. But unless, of course, the the date was so terrible, I'd just walk over to the waiter, hey, I'll just pay this half man, and go about my business. Because <laughs> I, was, I was fucking savage. back that, <laughs> that I was a savage like if, if tiktok was big back then oh man I, can't. i'd be a tyrant so it's tinder swindle they had nothing no nah, oh, on adonis after the adonis
0: afternoon day no nah, i would never that's a funny one though i might do that with my girl mm. next time we go out to you but like, yeah can we get separate checks right <laughs> just yeah. To, yeah, sure. yeah. Just, go, just do little things just to spark
1: up conversation yeah. i think ultimately that's one of the things that is also lost because a lot of times people feel so f- afraid To have a conversation with whether it's their girl, whether it's uh, um, her boyfriend, whether it's just somebody who you're courting or you're just meeting for the first time. You should never, especially if you're actually trying to have something long term. Why would you ever be in a situation where you feel as if you can't have a conversation with somebody? Because I'll never understand that. Like people who are in, let's just say you're in like a sexless marriage or sexless relationship. Or you're in a um, situation where you're afraid to bring something up because the other person might overreact, or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to be with this person long term, that should never happen. Yeah. Problems will arise. There'll be moments in which you know there's conflict. But if you're not willing to go and extend the olive branch to have the conversation, you might as well just break it off clean. Even if, like, let's say you have children or all this other stuff, you, you're afraid. Of losing your kids or maybe you might lose your house and then you'll be in a situation where you lose half of the stuff. If you think it's something that can be resolved, you've got to go above and beyond and engage in the conversation and force the issue, even if the other party is unwilling to do so, because you have to almost preference it as what are we doing this for then? If we want to stay together, we were trying to make it to what our initial goal was for the relationship. If we can't resolve the problem, then we might as well separate. If we're gonna stay together, we have to fix this. Because the problem that happens in January, if you don't fix it in January, it's gonna prolong to February until August, until December, three years down the line, all the way down to 10 years down the line. Now all of a sudden you're sitting there 20 years down the line, you hate this person, but y'all still together, it doesn't make sense.
0: So I understand where you're coming from, I think this is a, a big part of it too though. I think with women, I'm gonna sound like misogynist, I'm not a misogynist, I'm just saying this as, from my experience, with women, the problem is never really solved. You can solve it one day, and the same problem will come up another day. They're more interested in venting than the. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You posted something the other day where was a woman had a nail in their head. Yeah, and then, and then it's like it's like, well, she's like, you know, I just feel this pressure in my head. It's like maybe because you have a nail in your head, we can just take it out. And she's like, you don't listen to my feelings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's not that I'm not listening. It's that there's a solution? You just want. So I think women just want to be heard. More than anything else they don't even necessarily even have a, sometimes there's no problem mm-hmm. it's just the problem of being heard you know and i think that's where the the issue comes in because i know for me personally and maybe this is one of my issues i'm like listen i don't got fucking time to to hear you out right? Yeah. Now. i got i got yeah. the world to conquer mm-hmm. i got the, a planet to take over i can't hear you out right now i understand what you're saying i get it i can offer you a solution but that's it i don't have time to sit down for an hour and listen to you i have to fucking conquer the world
1: Right. No? And you know what's funny? I've started, and I think I saw this on um, Twitter maybe like three years ago. I started incorporating it into my primary um, relationship. So then with her, every time that she has a-, a, a say
0: My primary? Yeah, my primary. <laughs> it sounds like it was secondary. Yeah,
1: my primary. Secondary relationship. Yeah, I like to make it sound as if my options are still over. <laughs> they may or may not be. No, Primarily. she'll find out. But whatever the case is, I, I like to tell her all the time, like whenever she comes to me with like a problem, I say, okay, is this? something that you want a solution for or you just want to vent yeah. so I can find out ahead of time. Oftentimes, they'll say, yeah, I want a solution, but it's really just a vent. It's, yeah. it's lip service for wanting to vent, right? And I, there's no issue with that. But I always, despite the fact, whatever the vent may be, I say, all right, I, I hear you out completely. Do you want me to give you a solution? The moment that I give you the solution, I don't want to hear about the problem anymore. And I make sure that I verbalize to it. Say, I don't want to hear about the problem anymore unless you've attempted said solution and it failed. But if you've done nothing and you come to me the following day and you want to vent again, we can't do that yeah. because I'm already at capacity. It's not going to happen. And a lot of times that, that that's one of the things with conflict resolution in relationships as well, where when problems are on um, problems awry, they don't have that check in with each other. For me, what I incorporate is I have a biweekly and a monthly check in. <laughs> Right. It varies. Sometimes it could be biweekly or it could be monthly where we just sit down, whether we're in bed, whether we're uh, at the kitchen table or at a dinner. Check in. Where are we at? What problems persist? What is on the horizon if we don't fix this issue Mm -hmm. so that we can
0: mitigate any problems moving forward? I think that's the issue, too, right, because a lot of women will say, oh, I want a man who's in touch with his feelings. That's women say, I want a man who's not afraid to be emotional. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest bullshit I've ever heard. Women don't want that. Women don't, women want a guy that's a problem solver that will hear them out, but they don't want a guy that's like, babe, today, uh, something really stressful happened at work. And I, uh, my boss is really yelling at me. They don't want that. They don't care about that. They don't want him to be emotional to them. They want to be emotional to him. And they want him to be able to like talk to them for two hours about their emotions. Mm -hmm. That's what they want. They don't want a guy that's actually emotional, you know, but that's where the, the, I guess the miscommunication is. Right. Cuz I think there's a huge miscommunication when it comes to like men and women when it comes to that.
1: And it's not and, and, and they always say, "All right, they want somebody to communicate, but can you comprehend what's being said?" Yeah. Because communication without comprehension is nothing. Just like information without application is nothing. So you're in a situation where you need somebody. That was a whole lot of rhyming right there. Some bars for you. But you need somebody. I understand. feel like I've heard
0: that before. I, the first time I heard it, I was like, mm. ooh, fire. Mm. Now after episode six. I said six, a couple of times. At episode but, six. Come on, man. You gotta come but, with hey, some new ones. Hey, listen. I got some new ones for you. You, you gotta got say I don't like when my girls is pusillanimous. Pusillanimous. It's pusillanimous. Man, I don't like when my girl Pus- I got Pusillanimous. Don't
1: pusillanimous. Like, it's pusillanimous. Man, but if you if you pronounce it wrong again, you can't say the word again. We need to have we need to have some form of checks and balances here. <laughs> but overall, I think uh, um, it, one of the things in in with <laughs> between so, and what you, oh, all right, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I need a piece so
0: bad. But I'm holding it just because I hold it. Hold
1: it. You you'll you be all right. We don't got too we don't got too much further to go. Probably about like 15 to uh, six hours. But whatever the case, is <laughs> but I'll be your Kidneys, who needs them? So. The way I see it, right, is with conflict resolution. If you're having issues with speaking with your partner, you could try a different exercise.
0: This feels like therapy, hold right? Do, do this, the voice again, <laughs> right? This is this. I got to like
1: this. Bed. Is what I like to do right? like therapy. Hold on, let me. This is this is what I like to do. How many pillows? Do you do you need <laughs> another one? I have another one for. Oh, this, this, like is, a this is what I like to do, right? The <laughs> hands. I like to sit in a room with my partner mm-hmm. for an hour, silently, no phones. Okay. Or close the windows if you have to turn on the lights, of course, because you don't want to sit in darkness or do that if that's what you're into and just stare at each other. Right. You stare at each other for about 30 minutes. No words have to be said. You just stare (laughs) at each other. Just 30 minutes. Right. It sounds like it's an exercise that you could try with children. But then with as you get older, you just try it. You'll begin to laugh for no reason. Right. You'll begin to laugh for no reason. That will immediately lighten the mood. And then you have a physical touch for 30 minutes. Okay. I promise you, whatever problem. What if you can only last five minutes? Oh, no, no, no. You don't got to get to that point. <laughs> now, granted, that that may be the cap off for the entire situation. But if you can only last five minutes, hey, man, listen, that, that kind of stuff happens. Now, if it's consistently five minutes, you better go see somebody. Still <laughs> so bad. Okay. All right. But put yourself in a situation where you have the physical touch that exists there so that you can have the conflict resolution. Right. Let me talk to the hard camera here. All right. Because let's talk about relationships where people are out here having problems at home. There's no reason why you should have issues that consistently persist if you're interested in staying together. Right. So what you got to do is you go and you talk to your partner. You let them know, hey, darling, I love or handsome. I love whatever the case may be. You let them know that you're here for the long haul. And then when that's established. You then run down the issues that you have. You leave the door open for them to also establish the issues that they have. And you come up with solutions that can be incorporated immediately to ensure that the relationship can survive.
2: But if you sit around trying to be hopeful that somebody will change without verbalizing what the issues are, do you expect any sort of resolution? Do you expect anything to change? That's foolishness. Try something, maybe even incorporate some sort of fund between the two of you. When somebody is
1: wrong and did something that was wrong, in order to make up to the following party, hey, we're gonna do an activity that you really enjoy or the two of
2: us enjoy. or You have some sort of outing that you can go and do. Try to do different things so that you can keep the relationship somewhat flourishing. Because if you're not doing that, what's really the point you're gonna end up leaving each other bitter having issues you want to at least be somewhere where if you do go your separate ways you have nothing but good things to say about each other have you ever seen people talk about their exes why is everything negative i don't understand that i have no issues with my exes they have nothing bad to say about me but for whatever reason individuals out there whoever they may have left they hate them don't you think that's crazy you were inside of somebody for five years and they want to see you dead. You let somebody inside of you for four years and you'd like to see them dead. That's crazy, that doesn't make sense. Maybe we should start communicating with each other. Maybe we should start comprehending each other. Maybe we should start trying to actually love each other. Maybe we should actually try to see what's best for not only yourself, but the other person as well. Cause that's what it's all about. That's what relationships are supposed to be. You're supposed to not only elevate yourself, but you elevate the other person. They'll elevate you in tune. That's what reciprocity is for. We out here looking crazy for no reason. Tycoon! It's good to No, not tycoon. Listen, <laughs> what did you doing? You're in way. You, you can't just, you can't peer away your
0: intelligence. Tycoon, no, no, not tycoon, not. Would you have to write? It's getting kind of ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous. Okay, so you know you have great thoughts. When, I don't know. When, I, for me, I just had a great thought right now. Mm. This could literally be our thing. Every time, because I feel like if I'm going to do a coffee, usually I have two coffees, two black coffees and a water every single time we film a podcast, I'm going to have to pee. But every time I pee, you can be like, and here's a word from our sponsor. And then you can do the sponsorship plug while I'm peeing. And then we literally, two birds, one stone, we just knock it out, boom, boom, money right there, you know? And then your voice is way better than mine. So I'm not going to do a sponsorship read because I'm not going to be very good at it. A urination sponsorship. So, like, when I go to pee, you're like, and here's to a word for our sponsors, then you start doing it, boom. And then when you
1: hear the flush, that the... So when we're pitching picks. to brands, should we tell yeah. them, like, we're going to have a urination spot. Yeah. Renee gets up to go clear his demons, and in that moment, we'll talk about your brand. Yeah. In the background, you can hear the urine hitting <laughs> the water, but that's not to tune out the great stuff with your product. It's perfect. Interesting.
0: But you know, and I think we can get good sponsors here. Not a bad... We just did, because, like, I think about it. We just did a therapy session. I could have left, and you could have been like, and here's a word from BetterHelp. Right. Bro, banger. Mm. Banger. And then another one, like, I don't know. Uh, we're talking about relationships, and you're like, okay, I need to use the restroom. Anyways, here's more from Blue Chew. Like, whoo, boy, we could make so much money off of that. We can't. I, you know, it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. You're P- no. a nation sponsorship. I think, I think it was. it would be a perfect segue to any of that stuff. Hmm. Yeah. Urination sponsorship. I like that. Urination sponsorship. But yeah, man, I failed the over under. It's hard. I drink so much water Mm. that I feel like my body just can't hold it in. It's just too much water.
1: How much do you drink per day?
0: I try to drink over a gallon a day.
1: Over a gallon. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know how many people are under hydrated in in America? It's ridiculous. I think it's like
0: seventy percent. Everyone has headaches and stuff, and I am like, it's because you are not drinking any water. Yeah. I I like to drink a lot of water. I think just in general. If you drink water, I have reminders on my phone to drink water. If you drink water, you go to the gym, you eat healthy. Life is just better. You're in a better mood.
1: Yeah. And you got to sleep. You got to make and sure you sleep. get
0: sleep as well. Sleep is the one where I struggle with the most. Because mm-hmm.
1: I saw you posted on your story um, a little bit a few days ago where you were talking about how you were you had pulling a few all-nighters. Yeah. Right? Because when you're in a flow, you got to go. You don't want to fuck it up. Right? You don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. But the here's where they, where you can become an individual who's standing in your own way. If you're consistently now hitting that flow at, let's say, 11 p.m., 12 a.m. or something, what are you doing in the hours prior that could be tweaked to where you can hit that flow earlier?
0: You know, I think about that a lot. And then uh, also it goes into your sleep archetype because some people are just more creative at night. Some people are night people. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky. Am I just a night person? Is that what it is? Like, am I someone that just gets more creative at night? Cause even like these, these optimization, body optimization, like dorks, Mm -hmm. Andrew Huberman, for example, he's not a dork, but he, he's someone that talks about optimization. He talks about how you get more creative at night Mm -hmm. and you have more willpower in the morning. So I'm not someone that struggles with willpower. I think in my creative pursuits, that's why I need the most God speaking to me. And that happens at night. Mm -hmm. So, At what point do I say, you know what, I don't have anything to do in the morning. If I get into a flow at night naturally, why don't I just work with that schedule and just work at night? You know? Yeah, it makes sense. Because I see a lot of, like, rappers and artists do that as well, where they're in the studio from, like, 12 o'clock at night to 6 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. But during the day, I don't know, like, for me, when I record music, I like to go at night because you're just vibing, right? Right. In the morning, it's hard to rap about something creative 12 in the
1: afternoon. Especially when you just woke up. Like if you're in a yeah. situation where, let's say you wake up at eight, yep. nine, you go to the studio at 12, it's hard to be in a situation where you're in a and, float. Yeah. Like I've never, I'm not so much of a morning person. Like I'll exercise in the morning, I'll do different Same. things in the morning. Like I'll, mm. I'll work, but I can, I, I've almost never, on a consistent basis, had my best days working where the morning was balls to the wall 100%. When do you typically shoot your content? Um, I, I, There's moments at which I can begin in the morning. Like I'll edit in the morning. Like I'll chop stuff up and stuff in the morning. Just I don't do the heavy bulk load of stuff. I primarily do that in like the afternoon. Like yeah. two, three evening. is when I hit my stride. Yeah. And then I can go and carry that momentum until the evening.
0: But. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. Because the morning I feel like workout great. I always work out in the morning. When I wake up, first thing I do is work out. Mm. Morning is always gonna be work out for me. Um, easy work, just like catching up with emails, text messages, but the bulk of the creative stuff, filming content, uh I don't know, sending emails or preparing documents, I think tends to be at night. All my genius ideas come at night. Mm. So or in the restroom while I'm peeing.
1: That too. Yeah. That too. You have any other um any good ideas that came to you while you were in the restroom?
0: No, I think just the, the reads. Just the reads cool thing about it well I think another cool thing we can do is we can we can document how much we make from the podcast because I think that's almost like a business building challenge because my my audience is big on building businesses and making money online and I think because we talk about business so much in this I think it would be cool to be transparent and document all everything we do on this on this channel because we talked about it monetization standards have gone down Mm-hmm. I think you need three thousand watch hours, five hundred subscribers, and we talked about how we could do that easily within a month or two, right? right. We could easily get this to ten thousand dollars a month in in I don't know three months. You think? Yeah. Maybe. I think so. Between the two of us, and if we do that, oh dolphin?
1: To a dolphin.
0: No, you see dolphins sometimes in the water. I think those are dolphins. Well, hopefully, you know? nobody goes tries to swim. Uh, It'd be terrible. Yeah. So because of that. I think it would be cool if we just start documenting and we we're transparent about how much we made off the channel and then we built a fucking school with the money bro
1: yeah there's a lot that could be done and I like the fact because, like right obviously you know we're 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 in a spot where you're starting it up building from there and everything and then there's so much potential that exists there and because your audience is primarily you know already building businesses in mind there's a lot of people who are yearning to you know figure out how to learn to start a business so if you go through the entire situation, you're showing them, hey, this is what the startup looked like. This is how you work up from I mean, here. That could be a segment on the yeah. podcast. A, a lot of people, they, they'll sit there and they'll be like, oh, man, I don't know how to get this stuff done. It's not like we got everything figured out. You're figuring it out as you go. 100%. But then you could always look back because I can promise you in four months from now, we can look back from where we were now. Oh, boy, man, we grew so much. We were able to figure it out. We've got this important time of our uh, chemistry. We've got this going on, we've got that. So there's so many different things. to where
0: I think can... if we did like a, se- a segment every podcast and we were just like, hey, here's how much the podcast is doing. Here's our plans for it. Here's what we're investing it to. Like, hey, we're gonna invest it into production. Hey, we're gonna invest into this. Hey, we're gonna invest it into marketing. Like if we break that down and we're super transparent, I think it would be dope because it could literally go from idea we had at a mastermind mm-hmm. to now full on podcast that's making money. To building a fucking school in Africa? Bro, we sat in this kitchen, and from that, we built a school in Africa. That's fucking legendary.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm excited. I know we're going to end up doing it.
0: That would be legendary. So I think the transparency with that would just be awesome and inspirational for people. Because I I feel like that's a big, big part of this, too. It's like, people could watch it and be inspired. Mm -hmm. If they can laugh and be inspired at the same time.
1: That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing.
0: We're doing God's work.
1: Yep. You know, we're going to teach people how to not only make money, let people laugh, and then ultimately have an opportunity to uh, watch something grow. So that's 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 what that's what matters most. Fine. Yeah, and growing that. So you want to do the closing, or should I?
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I he is the diligent, vigilant, meticulous, analytical, pusillanimous. <laughs> The Chisel Adonis, but you already knew that. I'm the serial entrepreneur, Filipino Prince Tycoon. Tycoon. Rene Lakade. And I and and I am, we are, no, and this is we are Assiduous. How how did you end up
1: did you become drunk after you it? <laughs>